It's the Spud Goodman Happy Hours. That familiar theme music warns you that it's time once again for the Spud Goodman Radio Show. 60 minutes of audio on the internet. So now, without further ado, here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, Accordion Joe. Because to you who the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, who goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Here he is, the head cheese meister of the world wide web. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. My name is Spud Goodman, and I will be your host tonight. If everything goes according to plan, this should be a pretty darn good show. Now, of course, that very seldom occurs, so bear with us. If there are any major screw-ups, because if there are, please direct most of the blame on said possible screw-ups on the newly imposed temporary permanent co-host Gerald here. Spud, I'm I'm still really new to this co-host role, but I do understand taking the blame for mistakes on the show is part of the job description of a co-host. Seriously. Yeah, but sometimes, eh, I don't know, it just doesn't seem fair, you know? Whoever said life was fair? Do you think I like displacing blame for what goes wrong? I mean, no, I do not, but someone has to take responsibility. The buck has to stop somewhere, you know? Not yet. No, I, I understand this. Uh, listen, my Uncle Hal was always big on that premise. Uh, he, he was an ex-Marine captain. Uh, yeah. he, he did two, two tours in Nam, and it was instilled right. in us Holcombs that yeah. we are not to worry about where credit and blame are placed when we get involved in a group of activities. So yeah, there, nice there, there's no I in team, right? Um, you know, I, th- I thought there was no me in team. <laughs> Americans love a winner. Yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's an I, Spud. Well, anyway, well, did your uncle have any experience doing a talk show? That's what I want to ask. Oh. There's a lot of blame to go around, so somebody has to accept it. You know, if I did, it would paint me in a flawed manner, and that would pose a problem for the listeners who need to see me as a strong, heroic figure like all talk show hosts. You know, oh. someone to look up to. All right, okay, yeah, I... <laughs> I get it. I get it. Okay, if anything goes wrong, I'll be here to take the bullet. Yeah, all right. Okay, I, I guess I should probably introduce our third member of the crew, and that is Gina, our designated laugher. How are you tonight, Gina? <laughs> I'm doing well. I, I do have a bit of a cold, and I might have slightly cracked a crown today at lunch. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah, well, kind of can a- we kind of try to keep it light and breezy? Because there's no need to go off on your personal problems. People want to be uplifted and not really brought down by your dental issues. <laughs> hey, hey, Spud, I wanted to bring up a marketing idea I came up with, and I thought it might be good to run it by the listeners before we mm. go too far with it. Uh, um, I, I, yeah, I heard about this one. You want 
need to make some like personal appearances at local grocery stores? How's that going to help us in like Detroit, Tampa, and other places? Oh, yeah, 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 that idea. Listen, it would be at big chain stores like Safeway. You, you pose for some photos there. Maybe they put uh, up their corporate Facebook page and notice about our show. But that's not what I wanted to toss out right now. How does a Spud Goodman bobblehead doll sound? Uh, you know, I myself, I have a rather large collection at the house. Really? <laughs> That's nice to know. Hey, our listeners are aware we uh, generally share something from our lives, you know, on the show each week, but this is the best you have to offer. I mean, you want to discuss your bobblehead collection? Well, I'm just spitballing here. Nothing says major star more than having your own bobblehead doll, Spud. People, they go wild over them. Well, I don't That's share so hot. I just don't share it. I don't share their enthusiasm, okay? I don't get it. Maybe it's because the baseball team here, you know, they used to put more energy into those bobblehead nights than they did spending money to get a decent right-handed bat that could hit for power. Uh, maybe at least until this season. Maybe they're, it looks like they might be correcting it. Hell that, no, you can't! That and they're all a piece of junk, too. That's a little bit harsh, Spud. These creations make a lot of people happy. So, so don't rain on their parade. I, myself, I'm really proud of my collection. I've spent over 12 ye- years building it up to where it is today. Well, I hope you've made arrangements in your will to have someone take them to the dump after you kick the bucket. Oh. The last thing you want is to burden your family with that task when they're planning the funeral and stuff. Man, you need to think about someone besides yourself. Oh. Right now, we need to hear some music. I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood for some music. Okay. Here is a show favorite, The Mono Men, with their live cut of Mystery Girl recorded on our show many years ago. Check it out. Yeah, that's right! 
This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Yeah, this is this has been Charlie Murphy on the Spud Goodman Show, where we put it down for real. That's right. Hey, hey, Spud, I think your first guest is on the line holding. The wife and I really enjoyed Judah on 30 Rock. He seems like a, a fun guy. Well, why don't you let me make that decision after I speak with him? Right, right. I, I was just I was just saying, the wife and I... Look, we, we look, to... if you don't mind, can I, can I take the call and we can discuss the viewing habits of you and your wife after the show? Sure thing, Spud. All right, is he there? Okay, all right. Well, okay, please. I'm here, yeah. Okay, please say hello to actor, comedian, Judah Friedlander. Um, how you doing? Doing incredible, and I'd like to say that you forgot to say athlete. You I, forgot to say role model. Oh no. You forgot to say next president of the United States. Well, but that's okay. I forgive you because you're an American. I am an American, to the best of my knowledge. But no, I'm going to deal with that athlete question. Let me tell you this. Uh, well, anyway, thank you for calling in and all that stuff. Now, let's get down to it. Let's deal with the, with the really important stuff first. Pro wrestling. Is it the gra- greatest entertainment spectacle known to man since gladiators did their thing I, many I, years ago? I do think uh, professional wrestling, in all seriousness, when done right, is an amazing art form. Uh, it is theater. It is drama, it is comedy, it is acrobatics, it's, it's awesome, it's great. So, I, when it's done great, it's fantastic. I lo- I, I'm a big supporter of uh, pro wrestling and pro wrestlers. Who are you big on right now? Which particular wrestler? Got any favorites? You know, I don't play any favorites because, you know, I'm currently banned from WWE. Oh, Because uh, when I do a, a suplex, uh, the person's body forms... Too, too perpendicular of an angle to the Earth's axis, and it messes with the Earth's rotation. Wow. So I'm banned from WWE, so I hold a little bit of a grudge, but uh, I still am a big wrestling fan. That's I'm badass. still waiting for that Rob Van Dam comeback. Wow, that's badass. Um, I got to say, I'm still a big fan uh, of the of the big show. I interviewed him in the ring way back when he was the giant. He's a very He's a pretty nice man, actually. Yeah, he's awesome. I've met him before. Really nice guy. Very funny, too. Yes. I'm also a long-time uh, Mick Foley fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, Mick is actually on the comedy circuit these days. Uh, he, he's a great guy. And, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 wrestling's awesome. You know, your experience on 30 Rock as Frank Rosatano, was it time uh, for it to end for you, or, or were you totally bummed out when the decision was made? Yeah, I played Frank for, uh, you know, seven years on that show and I was actually one of the few actors on that who the role was not written for I auditioned for that role and then uh, you know try to make it my own as much as I could but 30 Rock was a, a, a very written show a lot of people ask if it was scripted uh, if it was improvised it was a 98% scripted show um, but uh, a lot of fun to do um, this may be confidential info, but what is your rough estimate on how many different trucker hats you wore through the 139 episodes? That's an excellent question. Unfortunately, math is not one of my strong points. All right. Math and reading. Those are my three weaknesses. That's it. I don't know the answer to your question. All right. Well, I'll round up and say uh, 440. All right. Let's let's move on to, to another topic. Uh, ping pong. The word on the street is you're somewhat of a hustler in this sport. Any truth to that? Is it tough to make cash hustling people in ping pong? 
Hey, you know, if anyone there in Snoqualmie, Washington, or the entire Seattle area wants to challenge me in ping pong, and if you can defeat me, I will give you free tickets to my show. Wow. Tonight or tomorrow night. Super. All right. All you have to do is hit me up on Twitter. I'm Judah World Champ on Twitter. Hit me up. Challenge me to ping pong. And I will end your dreams. All right. So some of my listeners, you can set something up in your rumpus room or your rec room in the basement or whatever. And you can hit them up on Twitter. Yep. That's an awesome deal. All right. Super. Um, okay. Yep. One last sports-related question. Are you a soccer freak also as you did some voice work leading up to last year's World Cup? So I was yes, curious. I, I am an, I'm an advocate for the sport of soccer. Banned internationally by FIFA. One, because they're a corrupt organization. Yes. And two, because my bone density is too solid. If a soccer player were to kick me in the shin, their foot could die. And FIFA wow. has banned me for those reasons. Wow. Soccer scientists think I'm too dangerous for the sport. Uh, but I would like to say that, uh, yes, I do a lot of soccer stuff. Uh, currently, right now, uh, if you go on YouTube, MLS Insider. I just narrated uh, uh, some of the sports highlight documentaries on the MLS season. And during the World Cup over the summer, ESPN and ABC did a seven-part documentary series that I Oh, yes. oh, yes. It was all about the U.S. men's national team and preparing for the World Cup as well as their run during the World Cup. Oh, yeah, I caught it. The bad decision by Jurgen to uh, leave Landon Donovan off the roster. What's your take now after the fact? So my personal opinion is that that was a mistake. I think Landon Donovan should have been on the team. Yes, yes. I uh, prefer I not interrupt you during an interview, but I think you should. Now, look, I thought we agreed you would keep your opinions to yourself during my celebrity interviews. Do you see anyone interrupting Oprah? No, I have not, but she's Oprah. No, and I, you're... I sense a streak of insubordination brewing under the surface here. Not at all, Spud. I know my role. I just thought I might toss in a suggestion. Look, I will make a suggestion box, and you can use that when the mood moves you. Right now, I need to get back to the interview. All right. Um, say, is the major perk of doing stand-up being totally in control of your own fate, not having to deal with other people who sometimes might bug you, like like a, like hosting a talk show, there's a co-host or somebody off to my right here I have to deal with, or executive producer? I mean, do you, do you really love the well, freedom? Stand-up for me is, that's, I don't know if that's the reason. I do know it's my favorite thing to do. It's what I do best, and it's what I do most often. That's right. what I do pretty much every night all, right. all over the world. All so right. I love it. All right. Well, I'm going to close this interview with asking you about your experience on one of the great American films, one that has not gotten the respect it is due, and I'm speaking of Sharknado 2. That movie had everything one could want, sharks and people getting eaten by sharks. How was it? You know, thank you for asking this question. It's an important question. I would like to say that Sharknado 2, even more so than Sharknado 1, is the most important film ever made about climate change. There you go. These Sharknados happen because of climate change. Climate change is real. And I'm sorry, but do you want sharks flying through your cities and eating people? Do you want that? Do you want that? I don't think so. Well, you can stop it. And it all starts with stopping climate change and getting into green energy. I like that. I like that. You're a little socially conscious in, in your films. You're, you're an activist. I like yep. that. All right, super. Uh, Mr. Judah Friedlander. I'm the greatest athlete in the world and a master of the martial arts. Any other martial artists here tonight? Yes, cool. What belt are you? 
You're a red belt, okay. I wouldn't even say that to yourself, let alone in front of other people <laughs> that don't know you, okay. I'm an extra dark black belt. I could kill you with my left nut, and that's the weaker of my seven nuts. Where'd you train? Where'd you train? In Oregon. Great state, Oregon. One of the top 50 states in America, in my opinion. Worst karate schools in the country. A black belt in Oregon is like a light pink belt in Kentucky. I could kill you right now, dude. And there's not a thing you can do about it. You know why? I'm not here right now. I'm behind you. This is a karate mirage to fake you out. Look over your right shoulder. Look over your right shoulder. Nope, I was behind your left shoulder. Could have killed you twice. Never take directions from an opponent. Typical red belt, Oregon karate mistake. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions. The program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, Spud, they're saying you have a... So, it's musical guest interview time, okay? And because of that, I'd like to welcome our musical guest, okay? All right. All right, all right, that's Super. Fine. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Hillig. Uh, please, for everyone who's not aware, Kai Alfred Hillig is with us tonight. So, welcome back. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, are you now... I've got, I've got to get this out of the way. It's been bothering me since the first time you were on the show. Sure. And I, and I didn't have the, the guts, the balls, whatever, to, to bring this up. Are you now... Or were you ever a member of the Farrah Fawcett fan club? Uh, yes, I was. Okay, so you did have her poster hanging in your bedroom wall, on the wall. Yes. Right? Yes, thank you. All right, we, we, have, we have confirmation. That will go no further. All right. So uh, since you last appeared on our show, you uh, now have your new album out in shiny vinyl, available to the public, correct? That is correct. All right, super. So this is now all the rage with the kids, right? Going to the turntable route? It's very, very hip, especially in the hip-hop scene. There you go. So what's the name of the, of the record? The Buddhist. The Buddhist. And it is available. People can find it at, like, actual record stores. Yes. Wow, super. All right. Um, hey, besides your career as a musician, you also have a day job that is quite interesting. Unlike many of your peers, you actually work in the mortuary business. Is this correct? That is correct. So, uh, good. I don't, I don't have to fire my intern who does my research. That's great. Um, well, do you ever have, like, sales? Because I have not yet made a personal decision, the final decision on what I'm going to do. Do you ever... Is there a good time to, like, hit you guys up or... Spud, I will take care of you. Awesome. We got that on tape, yeah. or whatever we call yeah. this stuff. That's it. We're recording this, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Super. Um, hey, what? got to ask you a personal question. What is your favorite current uh, flavor of Oreo? Because we have enough. I think we got like 19 choices now. I think I like the Christmas one, like the this the one with the spearmint or whatever, the candy cane. Wow. Kind of okay. thing going on. That's, super. That's a, good, that's a good one. So you're not a traditionalist. I figured you were going to go just the old. That old went school. rogue. Okay. Yeah. All right. Super. Oh, well, what's it the title? Smells really good. Yeah. What's the title of the first song you're going to be performing? Trampled Triumphant. Are you ready? I am. Let's do it.
Before we're bankrupt, crippled and blind You die in your way and me in mine Before the oceans were black with blood There's no one left around to love continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. All right. I'm being told, Spud, uh, you've got a call from your Uncle Steve. I- is that the uncle who's a ventriloquist? Um, 
Well, you know, not exactly. I mean, he carries a dummy around <laughs> with him, but he's not hes not a ventriloquist. Uh, it's mm. a really long story, and it's kind of twisted. Why, why is he even calling tonight? He always, you know, gives me a heads up. That, uh, I, that's, now it makes me wonder if, something's okay, if everything's okay. But just put him through. I'll make it quick. Uh, whatever you say, it's your show. Um, yeah, that's right, by the way. Um, now that you mentioned it. And, and while I talk to my yes. uncle, go grab me some of those pigs in a blanket Anna, our intern, brought over there. You mm-hmm. know, hopefully our musical guest didn't eat them all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go check on those. I'll be right back. All right. Uh, uncle Steve, you there? Yes, I am. Jerry here didn't want me to call in tonight, but I just could not ignore the fact that you forgot today was his birthday. It really hurt him not to hear from you. There, yeah, okay. Your, your hunk of balsa wood has a birthday. Where was he made, by the way? I never asked you this question. China or Taiwan? Asking such a thing is disrespectful on so many levels, bud. But to answer your question, Jerry is 100% made in the USA. He loves his country and is proud to be an American. Oh, uh, can I can I jump back in here? Yeah. By, by the way, Spud, I just checked. The pigs in a blanket are all gone. I'm I'm not saying the musical guest ate them all, but they're gone. So whatever. But uh, Uncle Jerry, maybe a more appropriate Uncle time. Steve. I'm sorry, Uncle Steve. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, you Uncle Steve. That's ridiculous. Why are you even talking to my family members? This is anyway. the first time I've ever talked to him. But I'm I'm thinking maybe that bringing up family issues, it might be better to settle them off the air. I'm just saying. Hey, who, who the hell is that guy anyway? Jerry and I have no clue who he is. He's just some management lackey our executive producer has said to babysit me. You know, you know. Uh, okay, as, as stupid as this sounds coming out of my mouth right now, uh, out of respect to you as my uncle, please tell your buddy Jerry happy birthday, okay? <laughs> hey, I think it would mean more for you to say it directly to him. Just a second. Jerry, come to the phone. Yes, now. I mean it. Bud is on the air, and he's taking the time to wish you a happy birthday. You can't whine about him forgetting this and now not accept his attempt at rectifying this oversight. Hell no, you can't! Please, just take the phone. Hello, this is Jerry. You wanted to say something to me? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Happy birthday. Sorry I forgot to call you this morning. Are, are we good now? No, no, not really. It would have meant a lot more to me if someone would not have had to call you to remind you. You did forget it, didn't you? Just be honest for once in your life. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, I forgot. It was your birthday. Big deal. I have a lot of things on my mind right now. I actually have a job, you know? Oh, Oh, I'll let that snide remark pass. But I hope you don't expect more than a card on your birthday. And we'll probably be a few days late, too. I'm done here. Just take the friggin' phone. Jerry, out. Jerry... Don't be like that. You need to control your emotions better if you expect to someday get into the radio business. What if a program director from a potential station is listening right now? Jerry? Oh, I, I, I guess he's done talking here. I should probably go. I'll call you uh, this weekend. Bye, Spud. And to watch his face, who's your co-host tonight. Yeah, all right. Goodbye, I guess. Well, okay, we've got yeah. to move on here. It was Gerald. Yeah. Gerald. Well, hey, uh, you know, Spud, uh, that was a strange call. But I, I want to know, you might feel a little bit different about bobbleheads if I could show you some of my collection. I, I got to say, whenever company comes over to the house, they really get a kick out of it. Um, you know, I don't get a kick out of worthless pieces of plastic. <laughs> Did you know that I have one of the only 200, 200 Joel McHale bobbleheads that were made after his first season on Talk Soup? Guess what? 
I, I also have a mint condition Montel Williams. There's not many of those around, <laughs> I love Montel. See? Okay, I, I understand you dig bobbleheads. Can we move on? I just got to get going here. I, I even have one that the wife prefers me to keep on the top bookshelf, so it's out of the direct sight line of the kids yeah. in the rec room. Nice it's, to know. It's a Ron Jeremy bobblehead. Now, <laughs> Not many of those were made available to the public. I heard from a friend of mine who's a collector. I could get maybe 1500 bucks for that. Big demand for Ron Jeremy, I guess. Yeah, in like 1993. Good call on your wife's part, though, exiling it to someplace out of sight. I just don't think it's appropriate for anyone of any age to have to deal with a mini hedgehog. <laughs> you know, Spud, there are some that say, in very rare instances, a bobblehead can display some sort of metaphysical act, like uh, communicating to humans. I don't think so. Um, yeah, okay, I believe that. No, I had a doll right. growing up. I still remember it would talk to me late at night when I was really young. Uh, you know, I'm somewhat hesitant to bring it, this up, but on the chance it could help others that may be embarrassed to say this in public, I myself have on occasion heard what I believe to be a voice speaking to me. Like Gina, it's always been late at night. It hasn't happened often, but I'm uh, yeah, a believer okay. for sure in some sort of, there's a special gift some bobbleheads possess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, where is the amazing Randy when we need him? I believe you, Gerald. Don't let anyone make fun of you. I remember my mom and older brother always making jokes when they thought mm -hmm. I couldn't hear them. Stuff about me someday growing up and being a crazy lady living with a house full of dolls. Yeah, yeah I hear you. The, the wife has been relentless with mean-spirited jabs after I told her about my first experience with a... Uh, Kind of like that, with an Ichiro bobblehead. I fell asleep in, a ch in the chair in the rec room one night, and his voice woke me up. I couldn't understand what he was saying because I'm not bilingual, but the conversation went on for a couple of minutes, if I remember right. I just nodded my head, and I faked like I was following what he Look, was saying. Look, everyone knows Ichiro can speak English better than most of us. He uses that interpreter to get out of talking to people that much. I mean, he, he was on this angle way before Marshawn Lynch. My doll Angie told me that she loved me and w would watch out for me. As long as she was in my room, I felt that I was safe. That's so hot. Never afraid of monsters under my bed or anything. Yeah, it's very brave of you to share this with us, Gina. You know, Spud, it wasn't just an Ichiro bobblehead who spoke to me. About two years ago, my Peter Chris bobblehead spoke to me, too. The conversation went on for, like, almost an hour. And uh, let me okay. tell you something. Yeah. He is pissed at Gene Simmons. Yeah. I, I know Gene is not really a nice man, but I did not know all the mean things he's done to Peter. Yeah, newsflash, Gene Simmons is a dick. Yeah. Stop the presses. So now, jeez, uh, oh you want our listeners to believe you had a conversation with a Peter Chris bobblehead doll too, huh? All right, I got, now I definitely got to move on here. And right now, I, 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 ho I hope our, our next guest is holding on the line. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think our next guest is waiting on the phone to talk to you, Spud. All right, good. Right, he's right on time. That's a good thing. Hey, just remember, Spud, if you get uh, if you hit a rough spot, yeah. uh, you can't come up with anything interesting or thought provoking to stay. I'm standing by, ready to jump in and help out. Look, I, I am going to interview Steve. We are not going big wave surfing or anything dangerous. I think I'll be just fine. All right. Okay, I'll, I'll see if he's on the line. Hey, hey, Steve, you there? Yeah, yeah, Harry. How are you? All right, all right. Well, please say hello to actor, comedian Steve Renazizi. Welcome back to the show, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me back on. All right. Okay, let's let's deal with this. The sixth 
season of the league is just wrapped, and I must say the show's still going strong with no apparent decline in skill level with cast members. Very unusual with veteran performers. You see a lot of actors start phoning it in after the fourth and fifth season. Yeah, usually people start to break down both physically and mentally after the fourth season, and, and the show starts to get worse. But uh, yeah, we've got uh, we've got some really funny guys on our show and great guest stars constantly. Like uh, Marshawn Lynch is the last episode of the year or the second to last episode of the year. So as long as we can bring in reserves like guys like that, we're uh, we're going to make it through the season. So yeah, we're excited, and uh, it looks like we're probably going to end up doing another season next year as well. So. Wow, that's a scoop. All right, uh, that's very cool yeah. to hear. But you, you guys did finally get a Seahawk on this season, you know, with Marshawn. But Here's my question. How the heck did your executive producers, Jeff and Jackie Schaefer, get him to say his lines out loud? Did they threaten him with a fine? No, but he did play a great practical joke, the best one we've ever seen on us. You know, he uh, was supposed to do the show, I think, like two weeks prior to that, but then had a small injury and couldn't make it during the week. So, uh, you know, because he's got his day job, I guess. Yeah, I guess. uh, So we got him after we actually had to wrap the entire season. So FX was, you know, they were like, you sure he's going to be able to do this? It's going to be a lot of money to get everyone out there. And they were like, yeah, sure, no problem. And, of course, Jeff and Jackie were like, yeah, and if he, if he for some reason he can't, we'll cover it. Don't worry about it. Well, he, I guess, told them that he was on his way and that he forgot his phone, didn't make the plane, and is not going to make the day. Well, uh, that sent our executive producer, Jeff, into quite a tailspin for the day. And then, of course, 10 seconds later, he came walking out of his dressing room. Ah. And, uh, yeah, real good prank. Very, very good prank. Because I was getting phone calls in New York about it. That's how good I heard. Uh, well, let, he, the man has, according to uh, every, what I've heard, is an amazing sense of humor. Uh, there's a whole lot there that people don't really see on the surface with the, the crap that gets reported on the sports pages. But, yeah, that's, that's a good story. Thank you for that one. But um, I was just curious, when you do these celebrity interviews, do you try to look into the inner soul of your guests? What, what are you talking about? Where do you look to find an inner soul? I'm not speaking literally. I mean, do you try to penetrate the emotional walls even famous people erect to protect themselves from others? Are you done? I guess. Good. Um, let's discuss one episode this season. Um, this is something I wanted to hit you up with. The one with Jerry O'Connell and you playing hoop at a gym. Now, as one who has spent way too many hours in numerous gyms over the years myself, you, Steve, have game. And I say this at most watching maybe 1.8 seconds of you on camera trying to get a shot off. You know, one can tell in 1.8 seconds who can hoop or who cannot. So, uh, that, where did you, where'd you pick up the game on Long Island? I appreciate that. As a matter of fact, I'm driving right back from... David. I play the daily game from 11 to 1 every day. Ah, uh, daily, wow. So, yeah, I'm on my way back. Yeah, I'm on my way back from the gym right now. I play, like, four times a week. I love basketball. I started playing in high school, and I fell in love with the game, and I played in high school, and then I played a little, you know, intercollegiate, mm-hmm. um, you know, just kind of rec ball in college. And then I, there's a comedian's league in Los Angeles that still goes on every Monday night. There's a whole league just filled with comedians that we play. Like who? So, yeah, I still play four t- five times a week if I can. Who the heck plays in the league? What's, what comedians? Who would you know that plays in the league? Okay, let me think about it. Uh, Jerry Minor plays in the league. Uh, Rick Glassman and Brent Morin play in the league. Uh, Sarah Silverman plays in the league. Wow. Um, I like this. Progressive. Uh, Coed. Well, from, I'm thinking, oh, Fahim Anwar, who's from Seattle, plays the league. Kyle, uh, um... um yeah, there's a lot of guys. That, I'm trying to think of the Seattle guys. Brody Stevens used to play in the league. So, oh, yeah, it's a, a wow. really 
a wide group. It's like an all-girls team. It's a team for in each comedy club. Sort of has a team. Comedy Store has a team. UCB has a team. So it's fun. Everyone gets together once a week and hoops up. Who knew that? Wow. Um, well, I, and yeah. to conclude on that particular episode, um, Mr. O'Connell, uh, maybe a different story. Uh, I suppose he was maybe in the band or pep squad in his teenage years. Uh, that would seem like an unfair matchup, even though they made you, uh, I guess, eat his uh, his defense. Uh, he slammed it back in your face. But was that tough to do? Yeah, Jerry was, uh, you know, Jerry said he played, and he had a decent jump shot. Um, and, you know, obviously for the film, we, we, you know, I kept it a little loose defense on him and uh, let him score a little bit. But, yeah. You're being kind. You're being tonight, kind. So. He must be a friend. Really so I won't, I won't take that yeah. any further. All right, tell you what. Hey, you have children yourself. Do you ever have the league on at home and occasionally have to pause it when they walk through the room? Not that it's that racy, but just asking. No, it's more my stand-up that comes on when I don't know it. Like sometimes on satellite radio or on Comedy Central, and then all of a sudden I'll just walk in. I'll hear my voice, and I'll walk in, and I'll see like my six-year-old just standing there. He's like, Daddy, why are you in the box? But he, he, just, he doesn't understand. The TV and what I do is very, very foreign to him. How old are the um, kids? But yes, of course. Yeah, of course I sit down my three-year-old. And he, oh, him and I do, we do a note session every week on the league. And he lets me know where I went wrong, oh. some comedic timing tips. He's a savant when it comes to comedy. So him, I just, I really take, I take real, real uh, pride in what he has to tell me. A three-year-old sending you notes. Well, I guess, and down there, I guess it's relentless, huh? Is everybody's got an opinion, huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah, um, everyone has an opinion. Everyone gets to put something into the potlatch. All right. Um, hey, which NFL player that you've had on the show has the most potential to actually become a full-time actor when they when they hang it up? Besides Marshawn, of course. There's a couple. There's a couple. But I'll tell you right now, J.J. Watt is going to run the world one day because that guy is not only the best football player, in my opinion, but um, he is funny. He is uh, self-deprecating, which is great. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He is kind. He's smart. He's funny. He's quick. Wow. Um, he's the—he's like the guy I think that could take over for Peyton Manning after football's done, and like he'll be on SNL a couple times. And uh, because I just—I really think that he is next. Like each time he comes and does the show, he gets funnier and funnier and quicker. And doesn't care that we make fun of him because he takes it and gives it right back. So he's just truly. He's a real rare talent. I mean, that guy would have been great at anything he put his mind to. It just so happened he's also, you know, incredibly humongous and the best football player in the world. Well, let me ask you this. What's your take on bobblehead dolls? My co-host is a collector, and I feel they're a waste of plastic. No, excuse me. No, you cannot jump in on this question. Anyway, um, a whole lot of sports fans buy tickets to games that they would, like, never attend normally just to get their hands on, like a bobblehead doll of Alex Rodriguez, say, or Alfonso Soriano or whatever. I just don't get it. Do you? I mean, the collectible thing is, uh, it's big, I guess. Huge. Collectible items, and, you know, I don't know if they, I, look, I'm, I'm hoping that's the angle that people are taking. I just hope that no one's doing weird stuff at home with these bobbleheads. Yep. We're going to find out later on. There's a whole underground culture that, you know, gets together and does crazy things with bobbleheads, which, you know, sounds like an episode of the league and may very well be one day, but... For right now, I think it's just a collectible item issue, and, you know, people want that stuff. People want a, a, a head on their desk of Mariano Rivera that bounces every time hang the phone up. I don't know why, but they do. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. right. I guess, and he's, my co-host nodding his head, yeah, okay, whatever. It doesn't make it less weird. 
It's uh, it, but it's it's you know, to be, uh, I see no problem with it. All right, all right, super. If a man wants to have a doll of another man. Why not? Yeah, I'll have to think about that. Maybe maybe you got a point there. Okay, well, I know you got to get going here. So, hey, man, I really, seriously, thank you so much for checking back in with us again tonight, okay? You're very welcome. Thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. Mr. Steve Renzizzi. I'm not going to hit my kids. You can't. You cannot do it. Just teaches them how to lie. If I don't put fear in them. Although last week I stepped on a Lego with a bare foot and I almost murdered my whole family. <laughs> almost killed them all. Family annihilator. Started a new life. I would have kept the beard and kept doing the league. Do <laughs> you ever step on a Lego with a bare foot? Do you ever do it? It'll make you reevaluate your life choices. <laughs> Everything you've ever held sacred in your life out the window. Because you're just an innocent bystander. You're walking around your own house. You don't know. You're like, I got bare feet. Yeah. Bam! You feel the pain starts here. But it travels quickly to your brain, and your brain's like, what the fuck is this? It does not know how to compute this pain. There are wires shooting off smoke. And that's not, that's not the worst of it, okay? Because now you're jumping up and down trying to figure out when your foot's going to fall off. But that's not the pain that you have to look for. Because let me tell you something. Legos, Legos are like cockroaches. Where you see one, there's ten more hiding out in the shadows. You don't even know we're there. So now you're hopping up and down on one leg trying to figure out, and then all your weight lands on top of that second Lego, and your brain's like, shut this shit down! The Spud Goodman Show, it has some merit. All right, once again, here is, oh, here he is, Mr. Hillig. bench that I'm sitting on is so much lonelier since you've been gone and I'm saving a spot for somebody new and it's a world, it's a world, it's a world built for two it's a world, it's a world, it's a world built for two telephone is a dusty machine someone has to call if it's ever to rain Testament to an ugly truth And it's a world, it's a world, it's a world built for two It's a world, it's a world, it's a world built for two And then tandem, it's an easier ride Someone helps pedal in your tired life It's all uphill now and I can't get home This world's much harder alone Making love and nobody is there I keep on dreaming back to some beautiful affairs Getting harder to imagine it's you It's a world, it's a world, it's a world built for two It's a world, it's a world, it's a world built for two Eating dinner in a restaurant And I can't digest the food I bought Couple is feeding each other in the next booth And it's a world, it's a world, it's a world built for two It's a world, it's a world, it's a world built for two And then 
tandem It's an easier ride Someone helps pedal When you're tired of life It's all uphill now And I can't get home This world's much harder alone It's a world, it's a world, it's a world built for two It's a world, it's a world, it's a world built for two This is the Spider-Gooman Show I used to like Facebook. I sort of used to like Facebook. It was nice to come home and take a quick look to see if someone I know say they were a hedge fund manager when I knew they actually worked at Denny's as a cook. It must be the rush of how many friends you have. That is the hook. But there are things while logged on I may have said or liberties I took that I now regret a bit, and that is why now I am not fond of Facebook. And did I mention how bad it hurts to find out a friend has unfriended you? It's worse than death. At least when you're dead, you won't have to see how much fun that ex-friend is telling everyone else about you, except in their posts spewed out every 10 seconds. Screw you, Mark Zuckerberg. Margaret Cho, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, hey, uh, Spud, the last guest of the night is holding. I know you're a big fan of his, so I think this is going to be fun for you. Fun? I'm working here. Oh. Yes, I am a fan of Jeff. You know, I'm a big fan, but as a professional, I will maintain the appropriate level of detachment required for talk show hosts. Uh, that would be tough for me. If, if you ever had Tom Selleck or Dennis Franz on, man, I, I don't know. That would be something, huh? I guess. Um, can I take the call now? Oh, oh yeah, sure. Go, go right ahead, Spud. Why, thank you. I, I think he's on the line. All right. Okay, please welcome back to the show stand-up comedian and the premier roaster on the face of the earth, Mr. Jeff Ross. How you doing? Wow. Love that introduction. Thank you. I'm doing spectacular. Super. Well, you, of course, will be appearing at the Tacoma Comedy Club. All right. Very cool. Um, yeah. Well, you know, you ever been there before? Absolutely, absolutely. Caught emo. Phillips How is there. it? It's my first time. How no, is it? It's a good club. It is. It's it's intimate. Uh, if, and that's I guess that's a an inside the business term for it's a warm room. Let's put it that way. So um, I love it, man. Yeah. Coming up there to try out some new material. My first time in Tacoma, except the one time I stopped in Fort Lewis. But 
this will be my first time performing for the public, so I'm excited. All right, super. Well, you know, when we last spoke, I approached you about maybe a business opportunity that could end up being a lot more lucrative than club gigs. Of course, I'm referring to my <laughs> suggestion of merging your state-of-the-art talent of roasting living humans with the current standard of, uh, you know, often dry eulogies that we all have to sit through, you know, when somebody passes on. I have crunched the numbers, and I'm telling you the potential for this is unlimited. All right? I, wanted, I just wanted to run this by you again. No one can Roast clean in up peace. I love it. All right, that's right. And I don't know about you, but I want people at my funeral to have a good time. You know, I, you know, after they're a little bummed and they see the open casket and you know that. But don't I mean? Don't you want somebody just a pro that not some amateur tossing out a few weak jokes? I think that could be really cool. I would do it. All right. I mean, you need some. Somebody will have to email me, and I'll come to their. Whoever's dying, who's listening to this, email me before you die, and then I'll come to your funeral. Super, because you only die once, you know, right? You want to do it right. So anyway, I'm, uh, I'll have my people contact your people. But let's move on Thank here. You. That's right. Let's move on to, uh, to what you've been up to lately, because you have some interesting stuff in the can, which uh, for those outside the industry, this means stuff ready to be leashed on, unleashed excuse me, on humanity. Can you tell us about your role in the Flock of Dudes and also the Hebrew Hammer versus Hitler? The Hebrew Hammer versus Hitler, I don't know anything about. I saw that on my IMD page. I think they're messing with me. Or Sounded something. cool. Really cool. Yeah. But uh, I am in the Kevin Hart's new movie, The Wedding Ringer, that comes out in January, Martin Luther King weekend. Oh. I play a singer. I got a really good role in that movie. Josh Gad, Kevin Hart, and Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory. She's in it. And it's a really funny movie. Kevin Hart is one of the most popular and hilarious guys I know and um, thrilled to be part of that one. All right, super. So for the record, uh, the Hebrew uh, Hammer versus Hitler title is still available for uh, someone. <laughs> All right. All right, super. Okay. Um, hey, in the past, you've done shows for the U.S. Uh, soldiers deployed in Iraq, and you've directed a documentary in 2005 about your experiences there, Patriot Act, a Jeff Ross home movie. That's right. Where can my listeners right. find it and check it out? Because I want to see it. Oh, you know what? I think you can pick it up on Amazon. Uh, it's a really cool movie, and if I know you're in a um, Tacoma is a big uh, military yep. community, yep. I think people there would really get a kick out of it. It sort of sh chronicles Drew Carey and I and a bunch of other comics going into the Sunni Triangle in Iraq Ooh. in the early days of the U.S. occupation of that country. It's really riveting, and you really get a very candid look at uh, the life of a soldier and through the lens of a comedian. It's kind of a cool movie. I, I kind of hope, though, that you won't be returning there for a sequel anytime soon, though, right? Uh, oh, my gosh. I have a feeling you're... I really hope you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you never know, though. We could be going to Syria, Iran. You never know. No, you sequel never do. is in the works. Uh, all right. Um, hey, your book released in 2009, I Only Roast Those I Love, Busting Balls Without Burning Bridges. You know, that would seem That's to right. be required reading for those attending holiday, holiday gatherings, you know? I, I, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it seemed like that would be good. Um, well, you know, bring it on. I mean, you read my book, it'll definitely teach you uh, how to uh, make fun of your friends and family without uh, them writing at you out of a will or, or punching you in the mouth. Right, yeah. Um, it's a fine line, you know. I highly recommend backhanded compliments much of the time. It can go really ugly quickly with the raw. I mean, uh, an amateur can just just can blow up the whole gathering. That's not really kind of what I'm getting at. So they should check your book out. So anyway. Oh, for sure. I will definitely help you through the tricky, uh, you know, because people love a little tough love, you know? Yeah. I don't know what it's like up there, but in New Jersey, where I'm from, you know, we, we bust people's chops. That's how we talk. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, in my family, for sure. Um, Say, Spud, would you mind if I return some emails on my phone until you need me during the show? I'm a little bit behind. Um, I, I guess not. I have to do something during your interviews, as my mind tends to wander when I have nothing else to do. All right, go ahead, and I'll let you know if and when I need you, which will be never, as I don't even need a freaking co-host. They're like dessert at a Mexican restaurant. I mean, who orders flan? Um, hey, Jeff, when you aren't on the road, what does, uh, well, what does Jeff Ross, I'll, I guess I'll refer to you in the third person, do to recreate? What, what do you do to enjoy, you know, some f- rare free time? Do you do activities where you I'm sweat? coming to Tacoma. I'm going to go to a pop store. I can't wait. <sighs> All right, there you go. You know, that's you, where it's going to happen, man. That's where the new jokes come alive, baby. Yeah, if you need any tips, uh, just let us know. You have our number. Um, Okay, is there, yeah. is there anything in closing that uh, you'd like to say to my listeners, like maybe a, a quick verbal slap in the face to make them wake up if they're done dozing off right now? Well, I just say that I'm really looking forward to, to coming to Tacoma. I need a break. I had a terrible, terrible date last night. This chick was not into my Bill Cosby impression at all. So wow. um, I will be telling that story and many more. <laughs> All righty then. All on right. stage. All right. It's going to be cutting deep. I'm going to be cutting deep in Tacoma. Well, once again, Jeff Ross will be appearing at the Tacoma Comedy Club. Um, bring, bring your fattest friend and your handicapped friend and your grandma and whoever. I want to roast. I want to roast people in the audience. Oh, wow. That's that. There'll be a, there'll be a speed roasting round. So volunteers only. They come on stage for their 15 seconds of pain. Oh, this will be fun. All right, super. It won't hurt too much. Uh, okay, all right. Well, you got to hurt him a little bit. But all right, Jeff, I fully plan to bug you again sometime down the road, so you don't don't forget the number to our show, and you take it easy, man. Hey, man, thanks for getting the word out. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. You take care. Bye. Charlie Sheen is to stand up what Larry Flint is to standing up. <laughs> Charlie, if you're winning, then something's wrong with the fucking scoreboard. Come on, man. Charlie, if you're winning, then this must not be a child custody hearing. (laughs) Only time your kids get to see you is in reruns. Charlie, don't you want to live to see their first 12 steps? the black sheep of a family responsible for three Mighty Ducks movies. You make your own father ashamed that he shares the same fake name as you. My, how time flies. All right. Uh, as as we close this show, I'm going to state publicly that it was it was not that bad of a show tonight. I mean, when you take out the the psycho babble about your talking bobbleheads, oh. now that might have been one of the weirder moments ever on the show. I got to say that. Uh, anyway, and in the future, could I also ask you uh, maybe to you know keep those stories uh, rumbling around in your own head and not share them with innocent listeners? Hey, you too, Gina. You know you're supposed to be a designated laugher on a talk show, and they need to keep their demons to themselves. All right, it just well, wrecks what the is mood. The question? Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I was only trying to help others, but like, like I said, there's so many things in life that cannot be logically explained. Yeah, like why the hell do grown-up adults collect freaking bobblehead dolls? It's beyond lame. <laughs> well, then I guess I'll cancel the order I placed yesterday. It was going to be a surprise present for you, but if that's the final word on how you feel, what order? 
what what what, what are you talking about present? Um, you know, you, you don't really tell someone something like that and then say, uh, nah, never mind, psych. That's the height of rudeness. Well, if you must know, I was going to buy you your very own Spud Goodman bobblehead doll. It's not that pricey. I got a quote for 144 bucks for a basic model. They're charging me a little bit more for a little spatula and a little Pepto-Bismol bottle. It's going to be in each hand. <laughs> well, that uh, sounds so cute. Yeah. Well... No, Seriously, I do feel a little bit bad about taking those shots at you. You know, because ha- having my own bobblehead doll would be pretty freaking cool. I mean, not a lot of people have their own bobblehead doll, you know. Well, a lot more than you realize are out there. Agents and PR agencies—they typically pump them out. If you're famous, you're nobody until your first bobblehead doll is made available to the public. Well, but do you think we could sell mine? I mean, it, if it costs 144 bucks a piece, then there's no way we're going to be able to break even, let alone make a profit. Well, they give you a big break on the price if you order 5,000 or more at the time. Uh, these things are not made to make a profit anyway, oh, I'd want one if it was free. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, Gerald, I'm sorry if I offended you earlier. Um, can, can I ask, does, does my bobblehead have a pirate's hat or a Detroit Tigers hat on me? It, it would be important to get the, the tiniest little details right if we're going to do this. Uh, I think I told them a pirate's hat. All right. Uh, the, the bottle of Pepto, I had that be extra strength, too. Wow. You know, seriously, realism down to the Pepto bottle, too. That is that is so impressive. I, okay, I do owe you an apology, and I, I spoke out of turn about you and your hobby, collecting these things, and it actually doesn't seem that lame now. I, I, I've had a chance to further think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's not lame. It, it's a very meaningful activity, as bobbleheads give many, many people great joy. Okay, okay, I said I was sorry. So, so mine's coming tomorrow, right? That's so cool. Well, I, I paid for overnight shipping, so I think so. I, I was going to give it to you, and then it was to commemorate our first month together on the air. Listen, I know I'm probably going to be replaced in the future, but this time spent with you on the air has meant a lot yeah, to me. Yeah, okay, all right. I, I feel like a total scumbag here. I, okay. I need to say goodbye to everyone now and go crawl off in a corner in shame. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. You have just heard a reasonable facsimile of a radio program. If this was not a real radio program, you would have been instructed to go to another website in hopes of finding one. The Spud Goodman Radio Show represents the last line of defense in our ongoing battle to rid the world of generic entertainment. Get involved. Together we can make a difference. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Our intern is Trent Botello. Live music production and broadcasting engineering by On One at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Check out Spud's TV stuff on YouTube, his radio stuff on iTunes, NWCZ, or SpudGoodman.com, and follow Spud on all types of social media. Believe me, he's finally getting the hang of this stuff. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of this station, the sponsors, or any other living being except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2014, Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking.
is an hour of the best of Northwest music. This is an hour of sterling conversation. This is an hour of analysis of the previous hour of the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hello, hello, I am Lawrence, and I'm going to be your host for tonight's Spud Goodman Post Show Report. And with me, I got my co-host, Gina. Say hi to everyone, Gina. Hi. <laughs> is, is that all you have, just, just hi? Well, I'm not generally asked to say much on Spud's sh- uh, show on the first hour. Thank you for asking. Actually, I have a lot to say. My friends and family would describe me as very witty and a great conversationalist. Oh, that's nice to hear. Some of my close girlfriends have inquired about my role as a designated laugher, a laugher uh, for Spud on his show. A few feel that it is somewhat demeaning um, to serve in such a subordinate role. Um you know, just one more example of male dominance in the workplace. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. You know, I, I think Spud does have issues with people, but it, it's just not around women. You know, he, he's pretty awkward around all people. I don't think he developed normally when he was a kid. You know, I only known him for a little while since I started doing the show, but, you know, something's a little off with him. Super. So, so it's not just with women. Okay, well, that, that's good to know. No, 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 no. Don't take it personally. You, you know, some people like him. Uh, they, 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 some people that are like him, they're just not that comfortable around other people. And for me, now I learned pretty quickly in the joint that you have to find a way to get along with just about everybody. Now, now even though it's those Aryan Nation dudes, I mean, if you could get them alone, now, no, they aren't that antisocial. I mean, one or two of I still write to at Pelican Bay. Now, when they get together with their buddies, then, yeah, yeah, they're not real friendly then because the peer pressure to be hard, it gets the best of them, you know. That is now, not super. Now, not some, super. some of the time, I got to tell you, a few of them, they, they give me a wink when they would uh, take my milk or the jello into the, uh, you know, from me when I was in the dining hall in front of everybody. But when I got back to my cell, a lot of times they'd have library guy just drop off a, a candy bar, a bag of chips, and that would make everything right. That was nice. Those neo-Nazis look so mean all the time on the prison shows. Well, it's good to know that they're sometimes misunderstood. Uh, I, I don't know about them being misunderstood as most of them are assholes. But my, my point is... There are always uh, exceptions to the rule here and there. Super. Like, like I said, a few of them are fairly decent people. Anyway, well, right now, we got to get to introducing the panel for tonight now. Can I do it? I would really like to introduce everyone. Well, yeah, if it makes you happy, yeah, go ahead. Okay, then. We have Dave on the soundboard tonight. Hey, Dave, how are you? Good evening, and how are you? Good, thank you. Yay. Uh, we have On One as our engineer again this week. Um, on One, the marijuana smell is uh, exceptionally strong tonight. Okay, I'll, I'll air Just up the saying. jacket a little better. Yeah. Super. Okay, and and then I need to acknowledge our two interns from Pierce College, Trent and Anna. Hi. Hi. Oh, nice. Well done. Thank you very much, Gina. All right, all right. Now, now, now why don't we lead off uh, the music portion of the show? Uh, first up, we got uh, a band that goes back a few years. They hail from Los Angeles, the Lords of Altamont, with their song Cyclone. And after that, we have Love Drug with Pink Champagne. Please hit play. I wear beads and I'm guilty. But what I'm talking about with you guys is something more than that. Like, what about Altamont? There was a guy killed here. 
this is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, all right, in the studio today, our guest here is Kai Alfred Hillig. Uh, welcome here, Kai. Uh, you know, I got to ask you this. You ever done any time yourself, you know, and if you have, where'd you do that time? I have not done any time. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I would have done well. All right. <laughs> you, you're probably glad you did not tell you. I it's am. an experience. I'm now, sure. Now, how long have you been playing the guitar? I did, now, did you just learn how to play it when uh, when you were young, or did you, did you pick it up like a couple weeks ago? Or are you one of those like savant types? Oh, yeah, not a savant. I started playing when I was 12. 12? Yeah. Uh, that's a good start right there. <laughs> you got a lot of years in the bank yeah. on that. Now, now who, is, uh, who's your, your, who influenced your music? Now, now, I, now I'm going to say Earth, Wind, and Fire, but you know, I'm yeah. just guessing and all. No, that's a good guess. Um, when I was a kid, I really liked Queen and Michael Jackson and, uh, and um, Bob Dylan and Modest Mouse. Oh, you got a nice, well-rounded set of influences. I suppose so, yeah. Nice, nice. You work alone. I spent time in solitary myself <laughs> a long time. There it was a nice break from, you know, trying to always please everybody and all. Super. So you you work alone yourself? Uh, mo- you mean music music-wise? Yeah. Yeah, mostly it's just me. I but I bring in other people to play with all the time. You know, sometimes I play by myself, and other times we have uh, like a DJ doing samples and stuff over the top of the music, and other times I have a cellist and a pianist and stuff. Oh, so nice. It just depends. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now the last song you're gonna play for us tonight. What what's the name of that last song? It's called "You and Me and Time." All right. This is Kai Alfred Hillick. <laughs> Thank you. If one more day passes by With this void tethered to our lives But now we'll starve here in this endless wake I'll change my name and move out of state don't step on the brakes Come inside, it's getting late And I'm dying for your love No more tears, no more lies Just you and me and time Just you and me and time Just you and me and time And there's no future without you here Just batch the rooms and beer And I'll go on broken I swear I will But I won't open And I won't reveal A heart that'll never heal Come inside, it's getting late And I'm dying for your love No more tears, no more lies Just you and me and time Just you and me and time just you and me and time And I don't care if they think we're wrong And I don't care if they hate this song Let them paint the world so black and white I'll take the colors that make up our lives And baby will paint the night Come inside, it's getting late And I'm dying for your love No more tears, no more lies Just you and me and time Just you and me and time Just you and me and time
just you and me in time This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report All right, all right, Gina. Now, it uh, looks like you're taking this into the celebrity highlights. Who we got up first? Uh, our first uh, guest that uh, Spud interviewed was Judah Freelander. Uh, he played Frank on 30 Rock. Oh. Ah, and I guess now he's uh, going to be in Sharknado 2. Oh. I don't know if you saw the first one. I didn't. Sounds crazy to it, me. It was awesomely bad. Oh. Or badly awesome. I'm not sure which one, but it was it was um, pretty pretty good movie. Kind of like Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops? It's, it's actually a remake oh. of an old Frank Capra film. Oh, yeah, right. I see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. so, I love it. All right. Well, I'm going to close this interview with asking you about your experience on one of the great American films, one that has not gotten the respect it is due, and I'm speaking of Sharknado 2. That movie had everything one could want, sharks and people getting eaten by sharks. How was it? You know, thank you for asking this question. It's an important question. I would like to say that Sharknado 2, even more so than Sharknado 1, is the most important film ever made about climate change. There you go. These Sharknados happen because of climate change. Climate change is real. And I'm sorry, but do you want sharks flying through your cities and eating people? Do you want that? Do you want that? I don't think so. Well, you can stop it. And it all starts with stopping climate change and getting into green energy i like that i like that you're a little socially conscious in, in your films you're you're an activist i like yep that. all right super okay well it, it, it sounds crazy to me so i i guess actually i was just uh doing some research i guess sharknado 2 is already out so we can go and watch it right now i might have to check that uh, out yeah i'm Do pretty excited about it to check out this sharknado very important now, stuff sharks and tornadoes all combined together is that right i'm surprised al gore hasn't jumped on this one now uh, you know he might you know he get involved with that he'll make yeah. another movie and maybe use real sharks and real tornadoes yeah Sharknadoes are another inconvenient truth. <laughs> yeah, it'd be really inconvenient to come and have a shark coming across you while your house is spinning around like Dorothy and Oz. It's crazy. A little scary. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm personally really happy that somebody out there is drawing some attention to these weather anomalies because I don't know if it has to do with global warming or not, but for some reason, there's just always so much smoke around me. Oh, Super. It follows me everywhere, and I don't. I don't know if that's the earth or you got your own green environmental thing going there. Yeah, yeah. I'm all I'm all about the green. (laughs) All right, we're gonna get back to potato. That could be a potato. I would not mind that. In a haze, that gets you spinning. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we're gonna play some tunes here. First, we got a band from Fort Worth, Texas, War Party, with their song "Blame the Blues." And then we got a rock and roll group from Omaha, Nebraska, Twin Smith. Now, I wonder if they know Warren Buffett real well. You know, the, the song is called Big Deal, but first we're going to play War Party.
tuned for more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. Ooh, ooh, Lawrence, I think we have a call from that big rock musician you said was going to call in. Oh, this is exciting. What's his name? Yeah, it's Eddie. Uh, okay, let me let me see if he's on the line here. Oh, I'm one, go ahead and put that call on. All right, Mr. Spaghetti here. Yeah, this is uh, Lawrence, the, the host of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. You know, uh, I got to tell you, it's an honor to speak to you tonight, you know. Uh, uh, but I, I got to ask you something because I ask everybody this. You ever been in the joint? You ever did a little time? <laughs> I haven't done much time. I mean, uh, I've been in jail, but for no longer than, oh, I don't know, 16 hours or something like that. All right, super. So, uh, I, I can't. I can't really say I've done time per se. Uh, you know, not like I, not like yourself. It felt like sixteen years. I'm betting at the time, right? Yeah. Uh, well, it know, did. It felt like forever. Oh yeah, it sure does. Hey, hey listen. You know, usually Spud, he he, he doesn't let me interview celebrities, uh, guests, and all that stuff. But he's in the bathroom right now because he he might have had some Taco Bell or something like that. All right, and now let, let's talk about your show that you got coming to Seattle December 13th at Studio 7 there. Now, now you spent a long time here in Seattle, so you excited to come back to perform? Yeah, it'll be nice. You know, I, I'm not sure about the Studio 7 as a venue, uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. I, I hope it does good because it is my, it's my hometown. It's where I live. It's where we want to rock, and we want to rock hard. Yeah, yeah, the hometown show, I tell you. And then you got a new album now, like Get the Hell, right? And that's a fine rock and roll record right there. And I, I think we're going to be hearing a cut from that tonight when we're done here. So now, is this Love the that. best record released this year or even everywhere all over the earth? I think it's the best record ever released ever of all time. So all right. <laughs> that's my personal take on it. Yeah, I'm super proud of it. I feel like... Uh, we have no business putting out a record this good this late in the game, you know? I mean, who waits 25 years to put out their masterpiece? Hey, everything's, it's, it's worth it to, worth the wait, I say. Yeah, I, exactly. You you played with uh, Willie Nelson on The Tonight Show, is that right? Now, now, was Jay Leno, was he stuck up or was he a nice guy? He was actually a nice guy, you know, unfortunately, because I, I just want to hate him so much. But, uh... You know, he was nice. He came back and said hi to the band, and he he obviously didn't know who the band was, and he had a hard time choking out the word super suckers. <laughs> so that was kind of the, the highlight of being there, really, was watching Jay Leno have to say our band name on national TV. All right. I like that. Now, now, now musically, who's been your, your biggest influence? Uh, well, Willie is definitely one of them. Also, Lenny from Motorhead. He's a, a, a tremendous influence. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of them over the years. Paul Westerberg. Oh, yeah, uh, replacements. Yeah, Matt's. All right, yeah. And, and you lived through the Seattle grunge scene. You know, when it exploded like a, like a full package of pop rocks in, in, in somebody's mouth, what was the biggest lesson about the, the music business that you learned besides being in the right place at the, at the right time? 
Well, that was a big lesson, you know, right place at the right time is exactly what that all was for a lot of those fans. And, uh, you know, I think what it really taught me was that uh, it's possible. You know, it's possible to uh, do what you want and make it work. Yeah, yeah, to stick with it, right? Yeah. Exactly. Now, now let, let me ask you, uh, 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 did, did you, you really, really like pasta? Or were you just stuck with a really, really goofy last name, you know, like the rest of us? Because, you know, my, I got a goofy last name, too, so. Yeah, I was just kind of stuck with a goofy last name. I'm not a huge spaghetti eater, actually. I like the meatballs, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if there's enough Parmesan cheese on it, I'll fucking gobble that shit up. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, it's just a stupid name that happened to stick. Uh, <laughs> it makes my mouth water, I tell you. All right, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to remind everybody that the, the Super Suckers are going to be performing at Studio 7 in Seattle on December 13th. And right now, we're going to play the title song, Get the Hell, from your new album, Get the Hell. Eddie Spaghetti, rock on, man. Right on. All right, thank you. <laughs> There's another way Get the hell out of here
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, Gina. So what's the next uh, celebrity highlight that you got for us? Uh, so the next one is going to be uh, Steve Renazizi. Um, so I guess the interview, he talks about uh, Marshawn Lynch being on the show The League. Super. Right. Yeah. Very cool yeah. to hear. But you, you guys did finally get a Seahawk on this season, you know, with Marshawn. But well, here's my question. How the heck did your executive producers, Jeff and Jackie Schaefer, get him to say his lines out loud? Did they threaten him with a fine? No, but he did play a great practical joke, the best one we've ever seen on us. You know, he uh, was supposed to do the show, I think, like two weeks prior to that, but then had a small injury and couldn't make it during the week. So, uh, you know, because he's got his day job, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Then, yeah. Uh, so we got him after we actually had to wrap the entire season. So FX was, you know, they were like, you sure he's going to be able to do this? It's going to be a lot of money to get everyone out there. And they were like, yeah, sure, no problem. And, of course, Jeff and Jackie were like, yeah, and if he, if he, for some reason, he can't, we'll cover it. Don't worry about it. Well, he, I guess, told them that he was on his way and that he forgot his phone, didn't make the plane, and is not going to make the day. Well, uh, that sent our executive producer, Jeff, into quite a tailspin for the day. And then, of course, 10 seconds later, he came walking out of his dressing room ah. with his cell phone. And, uh, yeah, real good prank. Very, very good prank. Because I was getting phone calls in New York about it. That's how good I heard. Uh, well, let, the man has... I've seen that Marshawn Lynch in that beast mode he's got working since I've been up here. Yeah, that's impressive to watch. He's he's very impressive. He's he's very shy, but it sounds like he's a pretty funny, funny guy when you get to know him. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have never known that. Apparently, I never seen him in on an interview. He's always ducking the cameras and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. doesn't like that limelight. Spud can get to the guests that others can't. Spud can. <laughs> well, Lori. Lord, okay. hey, what? Yeah, I tell you, whoever you can, if you can get people like that, that's really impressive. And now, now I've seen that show, a little bit of that show that they talk about the league. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I, I feel like I might be a little out of the loop, not being into sports so much. Well, that's all right. I mean, you can still appreciate it if you don't. Yeah. Actually, that game is that or that that show. You, you really don't need to know anything about all sports right. to enjoy that show. Okay. It's, it's pretty good. I'm gonna check it out. It's probably better if you don't know what they're talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll give me a chuckle. I tell you. All right, we got some music here. Uh, let's start this this round off with Burning Flag and their song Babysitter, and then we have Zella Day from Pine Top, Arizona, with her cover of Seven Nation Army. Let's do this.
Seven Nation Army couldn't hold me back. They're gonna rip it off, taking their time right behind my back. And I'm talking to myself at night because I can't forget. to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, uh, Gina, so now for our last celebrity highlight from uh, the first hour, who we got? Uh, so our, our last interview was with comedian Jeff Ross. And um, so apparently, if you want somebody to roast you when you're dead, this this is a good person. To super. Mm. This will be my first time performing for the public, so I'm excited. All right, super. Well, you know, when we last spoke, I approached you about maybe a business opportunity that could end up being a lot more lucrative than club gigs. Of course, I'm referring to my <laughs> suggestion of merging your state-of-the-art talent of roasting living humans with the current standard of, uh, you know, often dry eulogies that we all have to sit through, you know, when somebody passes on. I have crunched the numbers, and I'm telling you the potential for this is unlimited, all right? I, wanted, I just wanted to run this by you again. No one Roast can clean in up peace. I love it. All right, that's right. And I don't know about you, but I want people at my funeral to have a good time. You know, I, you know, after they're a little bummed and they see the open casket and you know that. But don't I mean? Don't you want somebody that's a pro, that not some amateur tossing out a few weak jokes? I think that could be really cool. I would do it. All right. I mean, you need some. Somebody will have to email me, and I'll come to their. Whoever's dying, who's listening to this, email me before you die, and then I'll come to your funeral. Super, because you only die once, you know, right? You want to do it right. So anyway, I'm, uh, I'll have my people contact your people. But let's move on Thank here. You. That's right. Let's move on to, uh, to what you've been up. 
I, I tell you what, you know, I thought this was a thing at first because I was when I was in the joint. There's this one guy he got shanked and then he was expired. And then you know people were sitting around they were just you know talking smack on him after he died. But then I realized that they weren't joking. I was the only one laughing. It was an awkward situation. That is very awkward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't no, don't really want that. No, nah, it didn't work out too well. It's not a business I could go into now that I think about it. Yeah, I think it would be great. If, if I die, I would love to have a comedian come in and totally just roast me in front of my whole family. I think that's the way to go out. Definitely. Yeah. That and yeah. a lot of drinking for everybody. Yeah, just kind of lighten yeah. things up. Yeah, yeah. just kind of get a big party going. Absolutely. And, and it, like, he had a whole you know family that died in a station wagon crash or something. He could do all of them and be like one of those old Dean Martin things. Oh, you know? yeah. That oh, would be... yeah. And like in a Vista Cruiser yeah. station wagon yeah. crash. Yeah. That'd give you a lot of good material for a roast. Well, I don't, I don't really know about all that, but I, I heard the rest of his interview, and he said that when he comes here, he wants to hit up the, the stores. And I think that would be a better way to roast with Jeff Ross. Uh, roasted uh, toast is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, those are the jokes I want to hear, yeah. man. He he can yeah. leave all that eulogy stuff at home. He's I guaranteed to get laughs. Are you going to be his tour guide, kind of the Rick Steves of the pot sh- shop I would, scene? And- I would love to be. I would show him all around the city and and all of the glass pieces that I own. Nah, uh, yeah, but don't get lost because, you know, you could get lost. I know. <laughs> Once that tour is going strong. All right. I all can follow right. my nose. Yeah, follow the notes. It never lies, does yeah, it? Don't bother going to Puyallup. So. <laughs> right, no. I, anyways, man. So why don't, we, uh, why don't we play a little bit more music here? Now, first, we're going to start with uh, a rockabilly great, Kenny King, with his songs, Saddles. Then, let's go with uh, someone who, who was recently on this show. He play, uh, They played live on Spud's show here. It was Julian Massey and the Five Finger Discount with the studio cut of a song she played here called protect the place
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right. Well, look like uh, we need to say goodnight now because they're telling us that uh, we're just about out of time here, Gina. Oh, but I, I had something I wanted to say to my fans. Yeah. You know, I just had my first tweet from my new Twitter account, at Gina Laughs Favorited. Super. If this keeps up, I'll be asking Spud for more airtime. I've heard that you start with uh, a couple followers and then pretty soon you could triple every week. Oh, I'm just so excited. Nice, nice. Now, I think I'm going to be uh, doing that that tweeter thing too, you know. Uh, you, see, they wouldn't let us tweet when we in the when I was in the joint there, but you know, I always wanted to try it. No, no, you're going to show me how to tweet? Oh, absolutely. It, it was a Snapchat fan. Um I, I I was a Snapchat fan, but but now I'm I'm sort of in show business. Twitter is uh, mandatory to build your fan base. Super. Yeah, my mom is going to be so excited when she sees how many followers I have soon. She's on Twitter and Facebook all day at work. Good thing is she's a school crossing guard, so she has plenty of time for social media. Oh, yeah, I bet she does. And now uh, we got uh, Dave here on the soundboard. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for everything there. A pleasure as always. And, of course, we got on one, our engineer. Present. Yeah. I mean, Hi. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I tell you, it'd be possible to do this show without you. So thank you, man. All right, and yo, cause the sound, the the sound engineer, they need to know which way to turn the knobs, cause it's one of those fifty fifty calls. If you know what I'm saying, Uh, you go the wrong direction. Always somebody that says not enough reverb. Oh, the, uh, somebody always <laughs> wants more reverbs. All right, all right. I think that should be my official title: is just reverb adder. Out of reverb, reverb, reverb. Well, you know, we couldn't do the show without you either, Lawrence. Thank you, too. Ah, It's always a pleasure. I'm always enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, those highlights were just on tonight. There was just a a lot of fun there. And, you know, of course, I cannot forget Trent and Anna, our wonderful interns from Pierce College. It's the college thing, so I got to say, I hope you two don't go to any of those community college beer pong parties after the show tonight. You know, you got to be careful. If I was you, I'd just say no. I do what I want. Oh, oh look at that. <laughs> oh, we got That's a, a rebel. college That's rebel cool. right there. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> all right, then. Well, we're going to leave you two with this. Uh, we're going to leave everybody here with this last song. It's a song by Sheldon Alden. And it's ta- it's called Radioactive Mama. Good night, everybody. Hold me tight. Radioactive Mama, treat me right. Radioactive Mama, we'll reach critical mass tonight. Well, when we get together, clear away the crowd. There won't be nothing left except a mushroom-shaped cloud. Radioactive Mama. critical mass tonight well your kisses do things to me in all so many ways i feel them going through me all those gamma gamma rays radioactive mama excuse me right radioactive mama we'll reach critical mass tonight
The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, executive producer Lori Madsen, associate producer David Deer, live music production and broadcast engineering by On One at the facilities of NWCZ Radio, audio highlights Derek Schneider. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Copyright 2014 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Thank you.